0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to TPI Talk in 20, where we're making entrepreneurship and investing a team sport. The Players Impact is an exclusive network of athletes, artists, and collaborators inspired and encouraged to shape the future we envision. Through opportunity, education, and influence, our elite collective accelerates the potential of every member to transcend any game. At The Players Impact, we are about legacy beyond our professional careers. We are bringing our diverse community of investors, entrepreneurs, and those in transition together through this podcast, with thought leadership, subject matter expertise, and peer advice. Listen to us where you find your favorite podcasts. You don't wanna miss hearing from our team of professional athletes, venture capitalists, and other founding CEOs about their stories, opportunities, and experiences. I'm Tracy DeForge, the founder and CEO your host of TBI in 20. Angela, it is such a pleasure to welcome you to our podcast today. Um, the Players Impact, as you know, is community of professional athletes uh, in making an impact. And you just epitomize um, that mission in so many ways. Um, For those that don't know, Angela Gorn is a serial entrepreneur, mentor, and advocate for women in technology and advancing girls and women in sport. As the founder of Tap and Go Technologies, it's a vertical in the neobank specializing in innovative and disruptive fintech and insurtech. Angela has spent 20 years between amateur and elite levels of athletics in rowing, um, including the Canadian women's national team, triathlon and currently cycling. She's going after the UCI elite one hour women's elite indoor cycling world record attempt in the spring. Um, Angela, your background, you, there's more that to add, including sort of your, your work in poli-sci and psychology. And I'm so interested to hear more about this record that you're going for. And um, so welcome to TPI. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. Well, it's a pleasure to be here today. And and obviously for everybody that's tuning in and listening. So thanks TPI and Tracy uh, for hosting. This is fantastic.
0: Awesome. So Angela, let's like, I guess go back to you know what we really want to talk about today, not only um, this world record attempt but, but really transitioning. You've been you know at all levels of competition uh, and now you find yourself as a founder uh, of an yet another company. Uh, where did that start? I mean let's go back to where you were you know what you studied in school and where that you know how that correlates to where you are today.
1: Oh yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, I I can look back now and it's kind of funny, you know, I don't mind sharing, like at the age of 43, you you get to a perspective or a point in life where you go back and go, wow, like at the time of being, you know, 20 years old and in university and I grew up on the West Coast of Canada, so feel very fortunate. Obviously anybody that's traveled or visited Vancouver Island, it is, it is a Mecca for outdoor activity and sport. Like you just, you have to do it. Like, I don't think there's one person that lives on Vancouver Island that doesn't own a mountain bike or something to get you Mm -hmm. outside. So, um, I guess I just, I grew up in an environment where play was, was inevitable, right? Like, you know, you had the ocean in your backyard and a mountain. Uh, it was just, it was meant to be that obviously I'd get outside and be active. And I, you know, for me, I, I fell in love with sport at a young age. Uh, and I think all of us have a somewhat, if you're a founder at this stage in your life, you look back and go, oh, that was a sign of being an entrepreneur. Uh, definitely my mom curtails it now and she talks about it. She's like, yeah, I saw early signs, but <laughs> uh, you know, you kind of look at back now, I did go to university with a purpose of thinking, and I always loved volunteering and working with kids in communities. Uh, that was a huge part of even my sport career. I, I always loved giving back Uh, and that, that just became a part of like my, my move forward and what I love to do with impact. But so yeah, like university, I thought politics would be what I would go into. And I laugh now because I've tried it. Um, not to say anything, obviously for anybody that's watching what's going on in Ottawa, which is where (laughs) I live, uh, you know, but, um, you know, talk about the freedom fighters, but it's, uh, it's interesting to have gone back and I studied political science at the university of Victoria, um, I started off, you know, like anybody that's young. I started off in actually the sciences before I moved into poli sci because I thought, oh, I'm going to go into sports medicine. I really like working with athletes. But I was I was promptly reminded by Dr. Podeský and anybody in the world of sport that's on Vancouver Island would definitely know who Dr. Podeský is because that's who you worked with as a national athlete. And I just remember one day saying, you don't want to go into sports medicine because you're an athlete. And trust me none of you listen to anything I say or do anyway. So it's a very frustrating career is what he said. Um, whether that deterred me, but honestly, I, I fell in love with um, political science and and more so on the sport a- avenue because at the time, when I went to UVic the Vancouver 2010 Olympics were being bid for and it was a really exciting time in BC so I just I happened to have the right professor who was a mentor at the right time kind of noticed that I had a lot of interest and I was sneaking into his classes um and and listening and tuning in to kind of like international relations and governance and uh, when I didn't show up for the exam one day he came up and said oh you missed the exam last week and I said oh I'm not registered for your class I just I just want to come and do it because I'm so interested he said hold up you're like how old and you're coming to a three-hour lecture on a Wednesday night and you're not registered <laughs> um so that's uh-huh. that kind of prompted um Gordon Smith at the time uh, to kind of recognize I I really was passionate about the space and he used to work for the Calgary games like he was one of the advisors or the board members that was a part of the 88 Olympics and he said you know all politics is not just what you think like there's a lot of it, economy and politics behind sport governance and mm-hmm. that kind of just tweaked my mind of like wow like i never would have thought about it that way and obviously then you start to look at obviously ministry of heritage and sport in canada um with what they do so i just kind of started to look at other angles but that's how i got into poli um but you know from the entrepreneurship angle it's kind of interesting because." I look back at university now, and not only was I, you know, sport balanced my life with the academics. I also ended up joining um, what was then, and I still believe it's it's classified. It's a different name now, but it was the Greater Victoria Entrepreneurship Challenge (GVEC), and it was kind of like a Dragon's Den style pitch fest that would happen, and you got elected to be on board because you had to pitch your business idea. And by the end of the year, you, you there was obviously a selection and judges and you had this opportunity to get mentorship then. And it's kind of neat to look back now and go, wow, like they were these young men that had founded it. It was three guys. Um, Jason Carvello is actually an incredible um, angel investor in Canada. He's based in Toronto now. Um, the other guy, Jason, um, James Dale, he owns a great company on Vancouver Island. He ran, I think, um, Painter Pro for Canada. So kind of all these guys went on to be very successful and I ended up being the executive director in my final year at university because i went on and i founded tracy you might remember the palm pilot days i don't know if oh, you like yes. remember those days oh, so yeah. that's what we had like you know i had like, cell phone was like the commodore where you'd like your text messages were like hi that's it yeah. like you didn't want to text anything else because it took ages to get messages or back ever. and forth but palm pilots were highly successful and so my first business idea and again i didn't think of myself as an entrepreneur but i pitched an idea called um fit for you and it was I still have the business plan in my hope chest at home I came in third um at the GVAC pitch fest competition and it was technically a pawn pilot because I was a personal trainer that was my job that's what made me pay for my bills to row and, right. and obviously yeah. put food on the table but it's kind of funny to look back now and go wow like I I had it I had a business sense but I again I just did that for kind of like a fun a fun idea like I never took it that next stage after the business competition to actually use it as a business opportunity and grow it. But, and then when I started-
0: think, Sorry yeah, to interrupt your, your flow, because it's an amazing story. But do you think that if there had been more, you know, nowadays you can't go on a college campus without hearing the word entrepreneurship or the major even in entrepreneurship. Um, if there had been a little bit more structure or guidance, you think you might've taken that leap? Like the, you, I know that you use that sort of dash of passion and everything, like, do you think yeah. that was- were you passionate enough at that at one point to, to possibly take it that full way?
1: Oh, for sure. I think, yeah, it's interesting. I now look back and definitely like the mentorship was there and the judges, cause you surrounded yourself with these other community leaders that were part of this this GVAC competition for eight months. It wasn't like it was a one month window. So you really created that environment. But what I guess what would have been better if I look back now is the aftermath is after winning the competition instead of all of a sudden saying congratulations here's your trophy, it was like okay congratulations here's what we're going to do for the next year. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like I just kind of felt like at that stage it was like oh awesome the competition's done yay and, and we moved on. Um, so I didn't and then you know mass, that the, stage, dust,
0: the dust starts to settle on the idea yeah.
1: Exactly yeah right and kind of went on with with day to day routine stuff now. You know that was the first of ideas like you know I think now I look back and then I formed a second kind of fun thing the next year with a bunch of other students um two engineers with it was called no bounds like k n o w. again, it's in my hope chest and know your boundaries. it was like a student travel card within Canada like again rewards, which kind of brings me back to what I'm doing now with uh, with tap and go but Andrew lives in Australia and is married, but he went on to be a doctor and his brother. So it's kind of neat. I look back and go, wow, like I definitely had that bug, but same thing, like after the competition kind of like it was done. Uh, And then I became the executive director in my, my final year and and got to see the other side of being a part of hosting that event. And, you know, yeah, like I, I, I absolutely loved it at that stage. The university of Victoria was just, they had their MBA program. They were just starting to classify entrepreneurship as a module, like an actual, a class, not a curriculum, but a class that you could take as a part of your MBA or executive MBA. So, you know, and there's, there's a whole other podcast we could do on talking about what makes or takes, takes it to be an entrepreneur, (laughs) because I have my own theory on entrepreneurship, but um
0: how does that that interplay with your training at the time right because if you're going to build a business there's often that that you eat sleep and breathe that business and and here you are trying to compete at high levels and I think that's something that folks in our community are often struggling with is when is the right time to put a little bit of your focus towards what's next versus you know staying with your blinders on
1: yeah no I you know, I think that and that's a really it's a such a relevant conversation, right, Tracy, with what's going on right now in the market as we look at athletes and and kind of like, you know, to the athlete dying young, like there is a point where you have to retire, especially I can I can vouch for that going after this UCI one hour world record was more of a purpose driven um, focus to kind of get back on the bike in a, in a bigger way than just like going out for group rides and And uh, and so I have, I have a drive to go and break this record for different reasons, but the balance definitely has been a challenge between operating and raising capital and getting a tech company off the ground that I I highly would not advise most people to do. (laughs) Um, If anybody wants to talk to me personally about it, if they have that in their mind, like definitely give me a ring. I'm open to have a conversation, but if I go back to like, being you know in my 20s and rowing at that high level and and being on campus and being a student and also working and having a part-time job um i think i don't remember sleeping much i can definitely vouch for that so thank god we were youthful i wouldn't be able to pull that off right now um i value sleep But, um, but yeah, you know, I I think you're right. There's a point where you have to make a decision at certain stages in your life. And I, for sure, you know, I, I say this with greater excitement, like after May's attempt at the UCI one hour, I am very excited to say, you know, I am officially retired from professional sport, um, but I'm always going to have sport in my life and I cannot wait to have it as a next stage. And that's where impact comes in. And I think that's so important is to let professional athletes know that when the time comes that they can't be on the court or on the field or on the water or in the sky, whatever it is that their sport is that it's okay to move on from being the athlete, but now being the athlete that drives the next generation. And that for me was a really neat transference. Like that's what I did with my last company. Like I, you know, when I left government and working in Ottawa, had my small stint with working with the provincial government in BC and then the federal government in, uh, in Ontario, uh, you know, I think in 2008, in the last recession, when I started Sockjock and Champion a campaign, which is now classified as an ed tech product, you know, ed tech didn't even exist then um I was at the forefront of that and I'm you know that was all kind of focused on getting kids that were in sport and to help them with affording sport and their families and the schools and it grew to be a lot more than just the sport curriculum it was a lot more and so I look at that and it was a nice transference because I still felt that I was involved in sport it was a different way and I don't know, like there's something about, obviously it's one thing to be an athlete and you've been there, Tracy, and and those that are listening as well, I'm assuming that, yeah, it's a really nice feeling when you feel like you can pass on some of your knowledge and some of the passion you have to somebody that's young and hopefully you can give them maybe a slight advantage of expertise that might save them a hard day or a hard thought or, you know, a wrong decision, maybe, you know, I I don't know, but that's kind of me right now. And I'm excited about the next phase of life.
0: Yeah, no, and I love that what you're saying is like it's sharing the hard things that that are uncomfortable to share sometimes, right? Like this doesn't feel good. This transition is hard. I don't know what I don't know. And that's, so being vulnerable and having that perspective on like just reaching out, having the conversations, passing on whatever you have is helpful to the next generation, but also opening up to the generation before you and seeing what those those answers could be. So I, I- wanna talk about obviously the record I think is super exciting, but I, I really want us to touch on the docudrama that's airing um, and, and a little bit more about those struggles specifically as a woman in, in a very male-dominated landscape. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more of how this came about and and sort of what we can expect without giving away any uh, surprises.
1: Any surprises. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll definitely, so obviously, one-hour world record, uh, it, it's been a fun a fun journey is what I'm going to say of training. It's a very specific, specific specific event um you know if you look at any of the Vittoria Boosies or Evelyn Stevens who's a former U.S. Olympic athlete um J- Joss Loudon just took the crown this year um it is a very specific cycling uh, endeavor uh, it's a very lonely one I can definitely attest for that from the time trialing. but hey it worked out really well in the pandemic because we weren't really allowed to ride with other people so it, it passed on that motivation but I started you know training almost i've had a full olympic cycle to be honest like i've had four years because the pandemic added on two years to the calendar year for me to be able to go and make this attempt but what became an opportunity or rather an opportunity to look at was the inevitable of my reason behind doing it was to hopefully raise awareness and pass on some funding to girls and women in sport, like was to really look at some of these incredible organizations like TPI that are doing great things to advance and support female athletes. Um, And for me, it was that ability of saying, I don't want to start another charity. I want to create an endowment or some form of a bursary that can give back. And when that started, you know, I guess in 2020, when the pandemic hit a close contact and, and a friend of mine who's a successful producer Uh, He knew that I was wanting to do this. He's been kind of a photographer, my whole career as an entrepreneur. And Steve approached me, he's out of Toronto, of course, the film production industry in 2020 also came to a grinding halt, because they didn't know, what are we going to do. So he lost a lot of contract work that he had lined up to do all over the world and um, being a great friend and somebody, you know, we started to brainstorm and at that time he had just won some really good recognized awards um, for some independent docudrama film work that he had done on Amazon and other networks. And Amazon knocked on his door to say, Hey, do you have any more content? We really like your work. And that's where, honestly, the idea, I, I'm going to give it I hand it over to Steve Haning of creative, because as a friend, he came and said, I think what you want to do has a story and we need to sit down and have a bigger brainstorm session. So, Perfect or podium breaking records and barriers for girls and women in sport has now become Tracy, you know, uh, a movement for me uh, and and all of these other incredible women and men. um, That are coming on board to make it possible Uh, it's making my one hour record actually look like it's in the background, which is exciting for me because that's been the overall purpose so. Um, we start the filming um, throughout the spring and the summer Uh, the goal is is to get it into the hands of our distributors by early next fall and uh, and hopefully if all passes and there's not a lot of edits that are going to be required it will start to air across Amazon as an as an independent um, and through our our networks our distributor it looks like Apple TV Plus and Comcast and you know a few other networks that people will recognize for sure so you know stay tuned like the goal is is by winter of twenty twenty three, you'll see a six part episode, season one. And you know, to kind of give you the hopefully the goosebumps of the story is it's gonna really touch on a positive message around sport instead of pointing fingers. And it's really about bringing stories that should be celebrated and recognized um, together. And it touches on gender equality and pay um, access, performance, the mental health aspect of things, body shaming, body image imagery. And, And it's just like, it's a light topic and it's really bringing what I hope comes out of it is conversations that will continue to drive into a season two. And I, I really love like what, from a producer standpoint what gets me excited is obviously you'll get to know a little bit about my journey but really you'll never really see my face in the episodes it's going to start with the trailer will drop at my one hour record in may so everybody will get to see the two minute somewhat you know feature debut um film um feature and you know it's the story of kind of starting with somebody stepping out in this case me onto a velodrome But again, you're not going to see my face. And then it goes right into somebody's eye, which obviously from a bird's ends and lens, it comes out into starting with this young girl. And you're going to follow as a viewer, this young female that every single episode is going to get a little older and a little older of what she goes through and how important, hopefully what the viewer sees is how important all of these other elements in her life of what it takes for her to get to be a champion or get to be at a stage where sport becomes a professional career for her and that she embraces that. And, you know, hopefully, yeah, people understand the importance of home environment and coaches and mentorship and access and uh and just those stages where they need they they need the elevated support. So that's uh that's what gives me goosebumps and gets me really excited. Yeah. And that's I kind just of-
0: got goosebumps. I can't wait. <laughs> and I'm talking yeah. to you in real time. Like it's <laughs> that's amazing, Angela. And that's uh I think that that is fascinating and more athlete stories need to be told in a positive light, right? We hear too many of the of the negatives and not all of the, you know, it's the struggles are, are what make you grow and get you where you need to be. And there's some positive light to that overcoming obstacles. Um, we only have a couple minutes left, but I, I would love for you to share more about tab and go and athletic rewards, um, you know, highlight what you're working on and, and you know, obviously besides these two massive things like don't know (laughs) when you sleep probably never um because you know uh, you know you know that we're big fans of yours and and um and what you're trying to do and want to be a part of it so let's share that with the community
1: oh yeah no for sure well absolutely well but you'll be you'll be happy to know I do get sleep um that's definitely quality I always kind of say to anybody in the world of business you have to measure your quality and your quantity of time. So one thing I've definitely learned, like age, aging with fine wine, I think I've gotten better with time management skills at this stage. So you know, I always caution anybody. It's like you know, you put good quality work and don't waste your time focusing on the negative and and get rid of that because then you can be hyper focused. But yeah, I, you know, tap and go technologies. um Again, really super proud of my team and myself and the sense of like where we've gone. Uh, classified, I guess, is one of the first female founders in Canada of, a, of an official Neo bank, um, which means digital bank. We don't have any brick and we're not brick and mortar, um, mm-hmm. but truly what we do is we're digital payments. Uh, so we're in that new market where, you know, like the new new banks or the Revoluts or the N26s, I started to think about, and everybody knows banks make a lot of money, I started to really look at it from the opposite perspective of how could we put more funding back into our communities and into our people's wallets. And being somebody who's banked since I've been like 15, since I had my first job to put a paycheck in, it's it's incredible now looking back at all of the fees and the interchange rates and all these exchange things that I've done and wires that I've done to realize how much of a business a bank is and how much of my hard-earned cash has gone towards really not a lot of hard work. It's been all you know, done now digitally, it's like, you know, you don't need the same manpower you used to. So with rates going up, it doesn't make any sense. So I wanted to go into the space that's disrupting it. And, you know, it came from the EdTech FinTech company that I had sock jock in the schools, because it was a financial literacy program for students to learn how to run a business and give back to their sport and their, their arts program. So I just I fell in love with the space. And I thought, you know, we need to go into it. And for us, what makes us different, Tracy, and it excites me is, Tap and go is an enabler. It's a business, it's a banking as a service software. Uh, we've incorporated a really niche marketplace technology that we've built to welcome merchants and sport organizations and associations who we can assist and welcome them in to lower their cost to acquire a customer. But better than that is to enable a loyalty back to that customer who purchases, because now we can share that user data. So instead of having these astronomical merchant processor fees. We're working with merchant processors that want to partner with us so we can build a community. And that's where really for us, it's about focusing on niche communities where people spend and sports is one of them. So I'm starting with our first flagship product and programs, Athletica Rewards, Athletica Protect. And it's all about giving back to those that lead and live an active lifestyle, you know, built by athletes, made for athletes. So it's kind of that wellness wallet is what I'm saying is, you know, let's make it more affordable for people that, you know, put time and energy into living living and leading that life. Uh, and as you can see, like, we'll move into other vertical products. Like there's already one we're talking about that's focused on female founders and women in business. So we've created a technology that has the ability to be a digital bank in, in many different facades. So it's fantastic. Uh, and I'm excited to see where we can go with it and grow. Um, and, and obviously being one of the first females coming out of Canada that has our North American bank sponsors. So super proud to be working with people's trust here in Canada and CFSB in the U S um, they're great partners and they're wanting and helping us elevate ourselves and elevate me. So there you go.
0: Amazing. That's great. All right. Well, we wished you obviously the best of luck with that. And as you're growing and, um, and with the, with the um, world record. I have all the faith and trust that you'll crush it. Thank you. <laughs> um, we, we've run out of time, but I just, you know, we like to end the, the conversation with something fun, something you've not been prepared for. You've oh, God. <laughs> played this game before. Uh, <laughs> um, just gives us a little bit more insight into who Angela is. So if you could see any band or artist of all time perform live who would that be
1: a band or an artist
0: perform live yeah, dead or alive like you obviously it doesn't have to be a uh, real time but
1: a real real time artist oh my gosh um well i got to see the one i really wanted to see which was Pavarotti um which was amazing um that was like on my bucket list but uh i would have to say for me i'd, I'd love to be able to see ah uh, oh my gosh this is a hard question for me <laughs> I'm like musicians and artists. So, um, I think Adele, Adele would be on my
0: list right now. Yeah. I, that's a great one. Pavarotti though. Yes. I'm jealous. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. It was a pretty cool experience. So definitely, definitely worthy of that. But yeah, I know that's a neat question.
0: (laughs) Adele doesn't get me
1: fired up to get on the bike, but she has some real Meaningful oh, songs. She just seems like a real gem. Like she'd be a neat person to to meet in person one day.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I hear she's hilarious. Well, Angela, thank you so much for spending the time with us today and sharing a bit more of, of you and what you're working on. We're very excited to be working with you and 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 um, proud to have you as part of the TPI community. And and uh, wish you the best of luck. We'll talk soon.
1: Sounds wonderful. Thanks for having me so much, Tracy. Have a great day, everybody.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.